Should we just end the whole podcast there? <laughs> Should it just be over? We'll but, never see you guys again. Have a good day. <laughs> Okay, hello everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Spirited Body. I'm James Vager. I am your host. Uh, I am the one who channels all the messages from my guides, and my guides want us to live a happier, easier life here on planet Earth. They want us to uh, fully embrace the idea of being a spirit, a soul in the physical form, in a physical body on uh, planet Earth, on the physical world. And uh, they give us lots of information on how to do that, uh, how to do it more easily. And I'm here with my host, Katie. Hello, hello. Co-host. Um, I have no such gift. We all do. I hear you, but I'm I'm just going to take your word for it yes. today. And I also wanted to say that if you have questions, comments, ideas, things you want to know more about, uh, questions about how to understand things that we talk about better, um, any other things along that line, send me an email, james at thespiritedbody.com. Send me that email. Let me hear from you. Let me see what's going on. Uh, see if I can answer the questions. See if my guides want to answer the questions. Um, uh, so there you have it. Let's roll. What's What are we doing today? The topic. This was, a, this was an interesting one that when you sent it to me, I didn't really know where to go. The topic they want me to talk about today is Time to practice, basically meaning how can we practice? They've given us a lot of things to think about, uh, different ways to think about things. Because it's like not just getting the information. It's like, okay, now you have to do something with that to actually make a change. It's like that idea of like, yes. if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yes. Okay. Right. And so it's, they want to talk about like how, why do we practice or not why, but uh, how, to, how to practice. You know, people... I think there's a, a, an idea that it needs to be this long, arduous, straining process of learning to meditate for 40 minutes and then 45 and then 60. Competitive and meditation. I can, and I can sit in meditation for, like, it's not, not that there's anything wrong with meditation. Like, don't get me wrong. It's fine. I think it's great. But there's, I think there's this idea that if you can't do that, then you're not going to get the the benefits. You're not going to get spiritual enlightenment or, you know, mm. find ease or peace. So there's some minimum or, um, and they've always said to me, everyone here makes it so much harder than they need to. Oh, us humans. <laughs> Aren't we cute? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're so adorable. <laughs> um, yeah, Is there a lot of laughing when you, when you channel? Are they like, ha ha ha? Like you guys are so funny. No, I mean, no. A little bit. No, 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 no. Their attitude. If I was is, your guides, I'd be like, "You guys are." I would laugh a lot. There, because we do make it hard, James. We do, and it's not. Um, it comes from a place of one hundred percent understanding. So for me, it's not laugh out loud, but there's a lightheartedness. Okay, like they the 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 vibe that they constantly send is, "This is not serious. You don't need to make it so serious. You're not. We're not talking life and death, and you can be perfectly happy and never hear this information." Um, and you can be perfectly miserable and know this information and it's application and it's don't take everything so seriously. This is, this should be joyous as they always say. I mean, when you think about the meaningful experiences in life, their joy, their 
like flow, those are light feelings. Yes. Those aren't heavy feelings. Right. And they, you know. Not, but like we shouldn't avoid the heavy feelings because now I'm getting. Well, the, the, it's not that the heavy feelings are lack value um, and that we're not going to experience heavy feelings, sad feelings, separation, isolation, loneliness. It's not that we're not going to. that's part of the human experience. That's part of the human experience. Okay. We are going to feel those things. Okay. But we tend to think, not everybody, but a lot of people tend to think that we have to feel pain, separation, loss in order to grow. And that is not the case. That is not the case. They are, uh, they always say, you can learn just as easily from joy as you can from pain. And if you had to choose, what? <laughs> if you had to choose, which would you prefer to learn from? Damn. That, I mean, hard and <laughs> it, it, it's but it also it triggers in your mind like oh like we all have a basic understanding that that pain and loss is what you need in order to grow yes and that is not the case i have uh you know i'm in my physical therapy practice patients come in all the time and they do exercises and i'm showing them what to do and i'll say move this way and they do and they can move let's say 50 percent of the range and not have pain and they move it in control and correctly and they're keeping their joint aligned and and they'll start to say they start to lose it and then they have pain and i'll say why did you go past that point why did you go past pain free and they said because i need to push into it to get better i'm like no you don't <laughs> you can stay pain free and you're going to make more progress more quickly if you do this movement pain-free than pushing into pain. And that is such a difficult concept for people to get. I mean, it is. I mean, it is. No pain, no gain. Oh God. Disgusting. <laughs> and it's a, it's a terrible phrase and it's kind of meaningless. If you're talking about physical pain, you know, yes, it, you're working hard. It's painful and giving up something on Saturday night so you can work on a project and then it pays off. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. I'm not dumb. But there are so many. I will never be working on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> there is there is so much more that that is wrong that applies to being wrong. Um. So it's, um. yeah, I just think. That, I just think like anything can be anything you think it can be. So. Like I had this belief in my business that I had to work like 80 hours a week to prove myself. And then I was like, to prove myself to who? Okay, I'm not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> so like I told my team from the beginning, okay, this is a startup company, I get it. We're gonna have to work a certain amount for sure. We're not, can't just like laissez-faire. And I have curiosity about challenging the belief that we're going to have to end this journey with a narrative of like, oh, we worked 20, 20 hour days and we were doing this and we did that. Like, I want to challenge that belief. Like, what if we can build this company through flow, through connection, through joy, through fun, through challenges too. But like, what if the challenge isn't the whole story of this startup company? I'm like determined. Well, and I think you don't, and I don't even think you need to that's true. Everyone's like, what do you mean? Work that hard to do that. I'm already pushing for four day work weeks in my company. They're like, well, you, uh, you haven't even gotten your seed round. I'm like, but there's actual data to show I can have the same or better results. 
So that feels more fluid and like, wouldn't you love to have more balance in your life so that you can like actually show up and feel like rested and recovered? And I give everyone on my team five weeks off. Like, of course, yeah, of course we'll have sick days and vacation days. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's I, bizarre to me that our culture just thinks that it has to be so painful. So this, so, and, and, and you know what? I don't, I don't know. Cause I'm in the experiment right now. So I'll let you know how it turns out. But I tell them all the time. I really, really don't want to have to adhere to this belief system. Like I want to find balance in this. I want to find joy in this. I want to find creation. I want to find an alternative way. Then we work 20 hour days for five years and look what we built. Like I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. And you know, some of the most creative things have always stemmed from high pressure, fatigue, <laughs> and stress. <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. I don't know. Maybe it'll all implode, but so far it's not. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I watched something this morning that was like, how do you know you're on the right path? How do you know you pick the right job? You have the right person. You're da 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 da. And the woman said, um, God, I wish I knew who it was. Cause I don't like to take people's things, but. Maybe next time I'll look it up and tell you guys. She said, when you don't feel like you betrayed yourself. So like for me to do the 80 hour weeks is an act of betrayal on myself because my soul's like, no, you're not doing that. Interesting. And so for me to adhere to that standard means that I would be betraying myself. And I feel like that is what a lot of growth is in my opinion. And that's like the work I've personally done the last couple of years is like, stop betraying yourself. You were told this, but that does not mean you have to do it that way. You could, you can evaluate that belief. And if that belief is an act of self-betrayal, you got to go down a different path. And I found that so fascinating and so true. Like if you can just stop in the moment and be like, is this me? Or will I betray myself to adhere to this belief? I think it's a game changer. Yeah. And I think that's predicated on your ability to know and feel who you are. Which would involve practice. <laughs> Look at that little segue. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, keeping in mind uh, the lightness feeling. Like, it, I think that that's a really big thing that we just talked about. And I, I that people need to keep in mind. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't even like they're going to talk about it. It's not time consuming. Well, one day you'll have, I know that time isn't linear. But one day I'd love to, I'm so curious about just like why I know that. And what is that? I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that. Yeah. But I know it's true that it's not linear. Yeah. And so. I mean, it's not real. Every time. James. <laughs> I also, when you feel up for it, I meant to ask you this earlier, but I want to ask your guides or maybe your guides will ask my guides. Even in this, in while you're sitting here talking, this crow just was out there. Mm-hmm. These crows are following me around. They're outside my bath. Like when I'm taking a bath, they're out in my yard. When I'm in my yard, they're like literally flying by for like the last two months. These black crows, okay. they're following me. Okay. I don't know. Just want to throw that out there because I keep meaning to be like, ask about the crows because yeah. it is, they're really powerful creatures. They, they are. And they have been, uh, they, they show up for me a lot too. Do they? Yeah. I, so my they're spirit, very smart. My spirit animal is a moth. That's like my basic mm. real, like the essence of my soul spirit animal. But the Raven, the crow has been coming to me as well as a new spirit animal. Um, can they shift? They can be inclusive. 
okay. they can shift. Um, but this for me feels like an, uh, for this phase of my life that this is what I'm needing is the crow raven energy. Wow. Weird that I'm seeing them too. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, so do you want to know right now? For real? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> do I want to know? You don't want to know. No, don't say that. <laughs> okay, sometimes the power that you have is a little, it, it can be taken to a level. Yes. But, um, so, so what, take advantage of my vulnerability. What immediately came to me is it for you, the crows are symbolizing, uh, death, not in a, I'm going to lose somebody. Death of an old person. Death of an old person. Oh, oh, oh. That's what's happened for me the last month. Yeah. And as, it's, I, as I even told my partner, I said, I, I'm, I'm, I, I literally said this to him yesterday. I'm nervous to be in public and around people that I used to be around that I could just control my, oh, okay, that's okay that they think that. Oh, that's okay that they say that. Oh, because I, I actually can't hold back who I am anymore. And so it is the death of an old person that I used to be. Yes. And it's literally been in the last couple months. And like, I even went to my, you, you go the same woman for acupuncture mm -hmm. who does kind of energy healing too. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a treatment with her last week. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And she's been busy. I have an appointment with her on Monday. I, it, our other friend just had one with her too. So I was on the table and I had a little bit of sleep paralysis. I was like asleep and she was working on my neck and all of a sudden my throat was closing. But I could, and I was like, oh my God, your throat's closing, say something. And I couldn't, I was like stuck. And then I just remember going like, it is what it is. Like you can't speak it. And then afterwards she was like, oh, it's, I think it was the fact that you don't, you in the past haven't been able to like use your voice and that you've just been shut down. And I, and so I, I hear what you're saying. It, I mean, it totally resonates. Like I just, I, I literally told my husband that yesterday. I, I, I can't hold back anymore. It's the transition. It's the energy of transition. It's the, they are coming in to shepherd, guide, uh, provide that energy of death to the old self and reincarnation of something else or a transformation into something else. And they're there to guide you and shepherd you through that. Mm. So when you see them, that's the energy of validation, encouragement, and strength to, to move you through. So I should offer they, them gratitude when I see them. Yeah, because your I mean, guides they come to my yard all the time. Your guides are t saying that what you, what you need and thrive off of in this world are symbols. Oh, a hundred. Yeah, I see like the number eleven everywhere. I see the same repeating animal everywhere. Yeah, like I I a hundred percent believe in that. Yeah, so yeah. that they send you symbols as your validation, recognition, strength points, your little markers along the way. Because and I, they and know I, you get excited about them and that's what sort of spurs you on to keep going. I I absolutely listen for for um like messages for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well thank you guys. <laughs> It works. I'm listening. I'm going to come home and there's going to be like a hundred crows in my yard. I'm going to have my like Ace Ventura pet detective. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah. We're going to do so, the reading. Yeah. Let's, let's take a, let's take a little listen okay. to what they have to say. I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. Please. Glasses on. 
Minds open. <laughs> okay. So um, I asked, uh, so when I went in to, to, to get the information from my guides, um, of course, it was the um, Council of Light. Council of Light. And when I, I don't know if I've described this before, when I talk to the Council of Light, when I show up, there's a, a female, I think I've mentioned this before, a female is like my main sort of a- ambassador to, to the group. And she's like, here we are. And I'm at the big table. There's a big like oval table that I come to and all these beings are sitting around it. And she's like, here we are. And what do you want to know? And if there's anything you want to know. And so I was like, oh, well, this is the topic that you gave me. And I want to know. And this presence came in and um, as best as I can understand, it was a male energy um, his voice, his, his carriage, his demeanor. And he, when I asked him his name, he said, Raphael. Now I know there's an archangel Raphael and I can say it was just interesting. A lot of times they give me names and it sounds similar kind of, I don't know if Raphael is a, another pronunciation of his name and other cultures, but the one thing, the other thing I can tell is, which, which was interesting, he didn't really have as big of an energy as a lot of the other archangels that I've channeled and felt have, but he referred to himself with an I. And if you, I don't know if you have realized that whenever I channel, it's always a we. Interesting. No, I haven't noticed that. So when I, when I channel, it's always we, it's always, um, Referring to themselves in the plural. Okay. Except when I channel archangels, they refer to themselves as I. Are they narcissists? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope not a weird spell is going to happen to me or something. No, I, I don't know. It's just, I think. That's that they, interesting though. Yes, because the archangel energy is such an ascended energy and it's so individualized. Okay. I think that that's why the differentiates differentiate themselves by saying I. Um. So there's an I in here at one point, um, which stands out to me. I don't know if anyone finds that interesting, but <laughs> there you go. So, um, and I don't think he gives him, I don't think he names himself in this, but he told me that that's what his name was. Okay. Um, so, and I also know that Raphael is an archangel of healing and he talks about healing. In this. So I think it was the archangel, but he pronounced his name to me, Raphael. Now I'm also going to say, I don't know if this is interesting either, but I'm going to say it anyway, that when people channel, channelers, uh, for people that don't channel, it's important to understand that the individual energies that are being channeled, when combined with the individual energy of the channeler, okay, it equals something different than if someone else was to channel the same energy. So if you were to channel... Archangel Michael or the council of light, how it comes through to you and the words that you choose and the, the manner in which you speak is going to be slightly altered. Okay. Because they're translating through, through my perspective, through your perspective, your brain, your learning, your understanding, your energy. Mm-hmm. So it's always a little bit different. Okay. Um, and that doesn't mean any, everyone's making this up. It just means that the two energies combined make something different. 
Okay, I can conceptualize that. Yeah, the same red mixed with your blue is going to be a different purple than my blue. Okay. It's going to be, does that make sense? Yeah. So I just want to say that too. Um, just another interesting aspect of being a channeler. Okay, now with all that being said, <laughs> here we go. Okay, so the channel this time is call, is on the uh, time to practice. Okay. We welcome you back to our table for learning and expanding your knowledge and understanding. We bring forth, here it is, we bring forth Raphael as the transmitter of this knowledge. This is the first time you've had a specific person. I had a specific person earlier on too. But Did you? Yeah. Did they have a name? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm just really in the present moment. <laughs> when I forget things now, that's what I'm just going to say. Exactly. Just exp I'm, I'm a practicing presence. <laughs> we bring forth Rufael as the transmitter of this knowledge. It is good to be here with you to express the energy of healing and knowledge that needs to be understood and explained. This is a joyous task for us as we can enable you to expand your understanding and healing in the areas that need healing so you may more fully understand the happenings on your world and in ours. To you, I say, learning and practicing is an act of healing. Learning is bringing a connection to an area of misunderstanding. You connect an area of understanding to an area that is not understood, much like bringing two sides of a wound together for closure. The gap in understanding is a wound, an area that is not smoothed with understanding but remains in a state of pain, dis-ease, confusion. This confusion is not recognized as such in your world, but can be understood as hurt feelings, loneliness, sadness, dissatisfaction. As we have stated before, these feelings do not need to apply to all aspects of your life, but can be present in isolated areas, work, relationships, financial matters, these areas in which you feel these things need knowledge, recognition, and healing. I think it's a really important, I'm going to pause and talk as me. Okay. You don't have to be a lonely, sad sack. Everything in my life is miserable. If you could never say the word sad sack again, <laughs> I'm going to ban that from the podcast. I'm going <laughs> to, I can't believe that one. I can't. You don't have to be a miserable person in order to have issues that you can have a really good life. And in one area of your life, things aren't going as well. Okay. That that is really where you need to focus. What is it about this area that is not going well? What I can focus on that one particular area. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I think there's probably an idea out there that like, I'm everything is great. And it does Who are those people? Yeah, I don't know. But okay. hopefully they're listening to this podcast thinking maybe there are some areas that I don't feel are working out as for me as as I really need them to. Um we hope that this understanding is clear to you. There is much information that is being transmitted energetically in our words and the communications through this human. Much can be said about the missing parts of your interpretation and directions to the events that occur in your life in the areas that are not going as you desire, or more accurately, feel as you desire. Okay. This is a good starting point as you need to better understand that how you feel is the different in the different aspects of your life is the most accurate indicator of your success. So that's kind of like what I was saying. Like yeah. I can do this because I thought that this is what I should do, but 
I know what that feeling feels like about like, I, I feel like I'm either betraying myself really, or I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. They're talking about that feeling. Yes. Okay. External physical 3d measures of success and accomplishment do not always coincide with your feelings about the same areas. We are speaking directly to those areas. These areas need healing and attention. These are the areas that need awareness. It can be difficult for you to even acknowledge that these areas of your life need attention because for many of you, the external look of success and correctness and stability has become your measure. You can be unwilling to finally and ultimately accept that your life or aspects of your life are not feeling as they should. You may be disconnected from them emotionally or they are outright painful and unsuccessful and it is difficult to connect to them and accept the true presence of them. We ask that you create the space in your mind to safely sit with them. No one can see you and what you were looking at or acknowledging. This is a process that exists solely in your mind and thoughts. Make sense? Yeah. I mean... It doesn't mean that it's not scary and hard and... I feel yeah. like fear drives so much. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And, yeah. And I think too that that um, one of the things that they're trying to point out is that even though you are successful from an external perspective, uh, relationship, house, living location, whatever, whatever those traditional measures of success are, you may not feel successful easy. Oh, a thousand percent. And in fact, I argue, I would, I would put a lot of guessing, like a lot of energy on like many of the people who have those things aren't I, satisfied. I, I mean, I, I don't want to like make a generalization, but I would, I would say a lot of them. Because I think if that becomes your primary goal, that you're missing the, what's really happening. And I think if you don't have those things, you are undervaluing what you're having. Say that again. So, um, so if you, if your main goal is, let's say it's easy to say, become rich. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And especially in America. Yeah. And when you get there, you don't have it, right. You don't have that feeling of like satisfaction and, and maybe that's why idea just came to me. Maybe that's why the people that have success always want more. Absolutely. Because they, haven't been satisfied. They're not satisfied. And they think that, oh, my first million is going <laughs> to satisfy me. No, nope. maybe it's my at five million. I'll be no, nope. maybe 10. Nope. I'll never forget about, I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago, my partner wrote down, he's been really like into business and driven by success in, in a lot of ways. And he wrote down a number like, this is what I'm going to do. And he he showed it to me and I said, that's funny. And he's like, why is that funny? And I was like, because that number will change the second you get it. And guess what? It changed. It fucking did. Mm -hmm. And then it did again. Mm -hmm. It just did. Yeah. It, that's just how it works. Yeah. And then once you start going, okay, why am I doing that? Which he has done a lot of that work too. You start to go, oh, I was valuing the wrong thing. Right. That stuff is fun. That's yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's great. But the real joy, the real ease, the real peace that I get absolutely does not come from there. And I think too, 
the opposite of people who try and don't get it and then measure their success. That's got to be real hard because you are literally proving yourself that you're, it's like a, it's proof to yourself. And I, I have tried to tell people this before, like I've had the money and it's not that. It, 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 that has not been the thing that has ever brought me the level of happiness and joy and peace and gratefulness that my own healing journey inside has done. But like, they just have to go through their experience. Like, you know what I mean? Like they can't, don't take my word for it. If that, I mean, if everyone's journey is their journey. Right. But it, but it, it is a data piece that's like reinforced, right? A hundred percent. It's just, it's very, very hard to deconstruct the values that you believe bring those things Yes, in a society that has very little, I would almost argue absolutely no support for that. Yes. And I think that it is because of those two factors, whether you don't have a lot and are measuring your success as a person um, on that, or you have a lot and you're still not satisfied, it can be very difficult to acknowledge that those things even exist in inside. So if you do have the success, it can be very difficult to look at that and go, I have all these external factors of success and everyone thinks I'm doing great. And everyone from the outside looks at this pretty picture and I don't have it. I don't feel it. It I, It's not a part of me. Well, most people also, I think a lot of people won't even acknowledge that because they will like just say, Oh, I've got it all. I've got it. And that's what they're saying is people don't want to look because it well, can be so hard. Very scary. That's very, very scary. I'll never forget. I did when I was a teenager, I actually did a, a therapy session with my mom. Yeah. And some stuff came up that was really hard about her childhood. And I was like, wait, what? And she said, yeah, I can't. I don't. That's all I would like to share because it's too scary. And I can't do that right now. And I remember thinking, oh no, like your life will either be spent deconstructing that and facing it or running away from it and being scared of it. And I can see how someone would do that because it is really scary to kind of open that door and be like, what needs healing? Like I need to talk about this, but I also have curiosity and in, in around just like, well, is it harder though to carry that around forever? And I'll just never forget, like almost having so much empathy for her. Like, oh no, like you, the door's closed. And it's, and it's, I wonder if that's just. But um, it's all fear. Yeah. And but I also wonder in that, your mom's younger than my parents by, by a lot. How old are your parents? 77 this year. Oh yeah. My mom's not even, my mom's 60 this year. And, but there's a generation of oh, stiff upper lip, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You look at what's in front of you and you just move forward. I mean, it's definitely my my parents' generation. But And I can't even say it's generational. I think it's a values and ideals. We we uh, watched this show um, called Alone, which we're addicted to. And there's a person on the show who, who's been by himself surviving in the wilderness for 65 days almost 70 days, I think. And he just said, this is, this is the day where I just miss my family so much. I can't, and he broke down. He was crying. This is a reality show. Yeah. It's a fascinating show done really, really well. It's not, it's just, it's really good. Anyway, he breaks down 
he's crying. He's like, I miss my wife so much. And uh, this is the first time my boys have ever seen, will ever see me cry. Uh Oh, and I've been with, and he talks about being with his wife since they were 17 and they've been together for 23 years. And it, it was interesting to me and my partner was, we were talking about it. Why is this something to be proud of? But, but it's a mentality of, yep. You choose your partner, you have your children, you live your life and you do your thing. And that's the correct way to be. And it's, and I think in that generation or that mentality, it's not about reflection. It's not about, no. it's about you just move forward. Oh, that was painful. Just put it in the past. That's it. Pain, you just move forward. Nothing you can do about it. Just move forward. My ex-wife's uh, grandfather was in World War II. And his, uh, his wife, my ex's grandmother, would say, uh, he still wakes up screaming. Oh, no. And, you know, he was in his 80s. He still wakes up screaming and he w- won't talk about it. Oh, that's so sad. He won't even talk about it. And think of how long he's carried that around. And he just never talked about it. Never sort of dealt with it in a real way. You know, what's interesting is in the last year or two, when I really just said I'm going there, I have had a lot of energy around my, my grandmothers. And I have certain memories now as a child, when I look back and go, I noticed that, but I notice it now for maybe what it was. And I didn't really understand. And I was actually talking to my husband about this before we were going to sleep last night. It was like, I feel both of their energies and both of it is the same energy. Like my grandmother used to sit in her chair and kind of go like, ugh, ugh. like she would make these noises. Like she was just in discomfort. And I don't even know if she noticed it. And I like subconsciously noticed it. But now I'm like, you are literally like the energy that I get from them is so much like oppression mm-hmm. and just discomfort, but like doing it anyway. It's exactly what you're saying. I remember feeling that energy from them. And I said, part of why this work can be hard is because you have to really like be like, oh God, like I have to acknowledge not only my pain, but all of the pain that came before me. Mm -hmm. And I said, but the beautiful thing is like, there's so many reasons why we shouldn't like, why we feel like we can't go there, right? Like society doesn't want me to go there. They don't want Katie to come out. They want her to, be ladylike and be sweet, be pretty. Um, you know, my family, that's a lot to unravel multiple generations of like the feeling that I have with, I feel this, these women's like kind of caged, like oppressed discomfort in my own body. Yeah. And I said, but the beautiful thing that I told him this last night, like below that, I actually feel the truth and the truth holds all of that. And I know if I can just keep, That truth is powerful, right? Like I feel a strong female strength below all of that energy that I feel. And that is what holds it all together. And like it holds it up so that I can like go there. Right. It's like, I'm just going to go there and like deal with how difficult it is because the other side of that or the thing that's below that is so powerful. And because this is part of your ancestry and the energy that's passed down in your DNA, 
yes, you carry that burden and yes, you carry the changes in the energetic chains, so to speak of that oppression and of that ancestry, that, that lineage you, when you work to change it, to break those ties, to break those chains, you're releasing them from it as well. Yeah. Someone told me that one time that is like very intense to think about. And that that's, that's correct for two reasons. One is there is no time. Here we go. Moment in the podcast where (laughs) Katie feels like she's really got it, but then she doesn't have it at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Right? And so you're all existing at the very same moment. And in that moment, you are providing that release, that break. Okay? That's so powerful. And secondly, we're all the same person. (laughs) We got to do our one. Yeah. That's crazy. So you're doing it for you. But really it benefits all. Should we just end the whole podcast there? (laughs) Should it just be over? We'll never see you guys again. Have a good day. It's a great example. It's a great uh, instance of that and how, how that's real, how that's a real active presence in your life that you are connected to people outside of yourself. And we think that we have to do the work with them, but really it's just the work with ourselves. A hundred percent. You getting it? You're getting it a little bit. I just a saw you. <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah. So the, the big point here is we don't like to admit when we are not feeling satisfied for some reason, that's a no, no in our society. Well, because it actually requires I would say the sum of the work I've done in the last two years has been to deconstruct my identity. That's a very vulnerable place to be. Who am I? Okay, who am I when I don't have this label? Who am I when I don't have that label? That is that is some like alone, naked in the forest shit. Yeah. The one of the when I was doing um some channeling a while ago, um the when they were trying to get people to understand who they really are, they would say, um, who are you? Who would, who are you? If you couldn't talk, if you couldn't see, if you couldn't hear, would you be any less you? It's like, would you say that it's like, we're all the essence of this soul. And then as humans, we come in and we go, oh, I'm successful. Oh, I'm a doctor. Oh, I, and we just like attach all those identities. We attach the need to be, I need to be successful. I need to be a doctor. I whatever, whatever that societal. Because one of the things I will say that's happened to me on this journey or whatever you want to call it that I've been on is I have more neutrality than I've ever had. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm asking more questions and being more comfortable with not knowing. You know, I, uh, when I, I, you know, I did that MDMA journey Mm. a couple few months ago. Yeah. And right after the journey, I was probably for about six or six days, seven days, I was just in a state of not 
really knowing how to engage with my life because I learned because you stepped outside of it and I learned, yeah. And I learned so much. And for that, the immediate time after the journey, my partner would say, what do you want to eat? And I would say, I don't care. What do you want to do? I don't care. <laughs> what, what do you, it doesn't really matter. I I'm, I'm fine doing nothing. I'm fine doing whatever you want to do. I don't care. And after like two days of this, he said, I have never in the three years, the four years that we've been together, heard you say, I don't care as much as you've but said. But was it coming from a place of like genuine joy and neutrality or was it like apathetic energy no, or what was no, it? No, it was, I genuinely am not tied to mm. that. It doesn't matter to me. A hamburger or a salad. I don't care. That's a decision I don't care to make. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You want to go to a walk here or a walk there? I don't care. It doesn't matter. So Are you, you get, be- was he making all the How do you do anything? <laughs> it was uh, it was this weird like to be in that space of like total neutrality was It's actually beautiful cuz it's so much it's so light there. Yeah. I've had tiny glimpses of it and it's like Yeah. Although I I recently did my first, not MDMA, I haven't done that one, but the psilocybin journey. I think I told you about that. No, you didn't tell me you did a psilocybin. I did. I did a journey. Like, not like, oh, I'm going to go do this and like go to like a dance floor. Like, I guess that's fun too. I don't know. I've never done that. I've been scared to do drugs because I yeah. was told that they're- I was petrified. Because I, I was, was petrified. told that they're not okay to do. But I also, I don't want to get into that topic yeah. right now. But anyway, I did it and it was a guided journey kind of thing. And I was actually really hoping for a little bit of like neutrality like that. Like I'm going to walk away kind of like, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have done MD- MDMA and like even psilocybin, they're kind of like that. It was not what I expected at all. It was a very firm energy around no more making yourself small. Ooh, girl. No more adhering to these con- constructs or these beliefs. No more. We're not available for that in you anymore. And I saw my ego was removed from my body and it was a small male energy in the corner, just over there. Of course it was male. Yeah. Well, it was small. (laughs) Had a small, small dick energy. (laughs) And it was basically like, we are so sorry. You, we know you wanted like a little airy fairy experience today. You're not getting it. You're, you're not doing that anymore. Fuck it. That was the energy. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought this, I thought I was going to walk away with like flowers. (laughs) And it was not that at all. In fact, in the beginning, um, I got very ill. I had to walk around. I was going to throw up. And then it, then it went. And then once that system got inundated, it went to another part of my body. It went to um, my heart rate. I couldn't control my heart rate at all. Then it went to my lungs. I couldn't control my breathing. Then it went to my eyes. My vision was like super messed up. I was like, my body is shutting down. And then you know what happened? There was no more systems to take over. All the emotion came out and then my body was fine. And I, I can, I like watched my body try to prevent the feelings. And then once there was no more physical place for it to go, it finally came out and then all the physical symptoms went away. And, and it was bizarre, but it was also so healing to just be like, just be you you're okay to just go on your path and like no more of this game, no more of this game that you're playing of like, let me make sure I say the right thing. So the person doesn't feel uncomfortable or, you know what I mean? Like no more managing other people's expectations. So are we going to be getting a last name? 
Well, I'm actually considering changing my last name. So I'm going to wait. I know that's crazy. I feel, I don't think I it's crazy at all. I feel bad for my husband right now. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I do feel bad for him because when you're in a partnership with someone, two things will happen. I was actually talking with one of my best friends about this last night. Two things are going to happen. One, you guys are going to stay in the same narrative forever and live quote unquote happily ever after in your Disney movie. <laughs> or one of you is going to go, what's the next step of me? What's the next next evolution of me? And you're going to start deconstructing the narrative that you once had and potential spiritual growth will happen. And when you do that, you're asking the other person, are you going to do the same? Which is not except me. It's actually saying, are you going to look in the mirror too? Yeah. That's fucking hard. Yeah. That's painful. It's also a very big ask. It is. And so I actually feel terrible for him because he has really watched like a metamorphosis of me in the last couple of years. And he's like, the other day he said to me, I went to say something silly. And he goes, oh, okay, phew. And I'm like, what's happening right now? And he said, I literally don't know what's going to come out of your mouth anymore. But one of the things is I was like, I'm curious about changing our last name or at least mine. And he was like, okay, what? tell me about that one. <laughs> and I'm like, it's rooted in that name. Words and names have meaning and energy. And it's rooted in, I'm the man, take my last name, patriarchal, trauma, I this, that. I, I don't want to be associated with that. And every time I say my last name, I'm saying I'm with that. And I consider the last name Peach Bottom. <laughs> It was at first a joke, but now people are starting to call me that. And I have concerns. I, I'm trying to like decide like if I'm gonna let it stick or not. You won't call me that, but some people do. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to stop you from living your life and living your truth. My if, other friend, we're going with apple bum, apple bum and peach bottom. Peach bottom is what speaks to you and defines <laughs> and empowers you. It's what probably not. It's probably not. It's probably not. But do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm going to get back to the channel in a second, but I like that we're talking about this stuff because I think it's, I think it's a topic that we don't talk about enough, the difficulty in breaking cycles and who you owe that to and who you don't. I'm going to give you brief examples from my life. Okay. One is the big one, which is I was in a relationship for 15 years I was in a marriage for 13 years with the same person. And I thought I had done it. I had reached my Zenith. I had a successful business. I had the three kids. I had the wife. I had the house and I was miserable. You were miserable. I remember you. I you was, were. I was miserable. And I miserable did, with a smile though. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't connect to that misery. I knew it was there. I knew I was not satisfied. There wasn't, there was very little things that could satisfy me. It making that recognition and really understanding that where I was, and I would do this thing where I would compare myself to other couples, other husbands, you know, when they would come over for dinner or we'd go out to dinner and the husband would be like, oh my God, she won't let me do this. Or this is what she said about this. Or, and I'd be like, yeah, that's, 
that's what's happening in mind. So everyone so has it's like this, your barometer for like, yeah. this is normal. Yeah. And so but I, something inside of you is like, it's not. Yes. And, but there was something deeper inside of me that was more, I am not satisfied and I am not recognized and I have no ability to live from an authentic place. Mm. I have to filter out who I am to what will be acceptable. And, um, that was a, that was a huge thing for me to accept and to, to understand. And I remember I, when I left and separated and the, the word started spreading in the community and a friend of mine called and he's like, uh, I heard that you are no longer living at your house. And I said, that's true. And he said, all I can say is it's about fucking time. Point being that huge divergence is really about, I think we've been an hour away, <laughs> but, but I mean like, uh, it's all related. It's though. all, yeah. It's all about how we don't want to acknowledge I know. and what they're saying. Hard. Yeah. And what they're saying is no matter what society is putting out in front of you, no matter what, you think is success. If you are not satisfied, it's not success. It's not correct. Do you think the question to, I mean, here's the question that I think that is asked the whole, your whole life. Maybe not for some, I don't know. I have curiosity, but the question is like, what am I not ready to acknowledge about me? Do you think that that is just a lifelong, okay, I've acknowledged that part. Okay. What else am I not ready to acknowledge? Well, they're going to talk about that. Okay, let's do it. A little it. bit. Okay. All right. So we're going to go back. Thank you, everyone, for listening and coming <laughs> on that journey with us. Um, um, there is much energy around this topic of discovery for every human. No matter who that human is or appears to be, every one of you is moving through states of confusion around different aspects of their life. This exists in all. Every one of you has dissatisfaction and disharmony with aspects of their life. This is the challenge that we lay before you when you come to your world. Can you discover and become satisfied with all aspects of your life? This is a never-ending process and will take your lifetime to continue to work, explore, change, grow, and become less confused, more aware. We do not say this to intimidate you or make you hopeless, but to better understand that that is the trial. Observing, learning, and connecting to overcome these areas of confusion and dissatisfaction. The list is endless, and that is merely to say and explain to you that your job is to take them as they come and learn to more quickly deal with them and find the peace in yourself with them. Learn to overcome and commune with yourself and others. Then the next will come and you will do the same. It is a job that cannot be completed. The focus should not be on completing the job, but perfecting the process of recognition, understanding, and communing. The human experience is designed to create the dissatisfaction so you may perfect the process, not complete the task. So it's never over. It's never over. Okay. We hope that this creates an understanding in you that lessens the focus on others and creates the need to focus the process on yourself and your inner working and understandings and likewise understand the journeys and experience of others that are being asked to do the same. You have nothing to say to that? I mean. Everyone's going through it. Everybody. Every single one of us. 
has dissatisfaction. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how quote unquote successful you are, unsuccessful you are. Everybody is struggling with dissatisfaction. And your life is meant to throw dissatisfaction after dissatisfaction, problem, contrast, constantly at you. And it's not about never like feeling- Like checking them off the list. Yeah, and it's not about never feeling dissatisfaction or dis-ease with something that happens. It's about, can you go through the process of going, why does it make me uncomfortable? Oh, this is the reason behind that. Can I let that go? Or can I work on healing that? Or yeah, can I can I come to understanding of why am this is affecting me this way? So it doesn't affect me that way anymore. Can I heal that confusion? Can I recognize that expectation and let go of it? And even not putting expectations on that, because I have noticed that there are some things where I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Whew, I'm glad I went through that. And then there are other things where I'm like, the healing is so much harder and taking so much longer, yes. you know? So it's like also a maybe not time boxing things. Correct. But it's not, it's not about the things that are coming at you. It's your job is to learn the process of overcoming them. So because when familiar with that, that, that feeling, the, the process is what they're trying to train you in. Okay. That makes because sense. Because the process the is recognition, the, the accountability, the, yeah. The working the through the understanding process. because that brings you to a higher communion with yourself. Mm, because you're deconstructing parts of yourself that you thought were true that are not. And so when you deconstruct them, you're closer to truth, which is closer to yourself. Self. And so it's about- Let's stop there because I get it. <laughs> so you understand? I mean, that's their point is it's not about the thing. See, I wanted it to be it's, over. I want, I didn't want it to keep going. It's the learning the that's process. That's the human condition. We're, trying, we're giving you all these chances to learn the, practice, learn the process and practice it. And the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. So it's about getting better with the process of joining communion with yourself and with others. I mean- Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's doing it, which I think is a great reminder. That all need a little bit of time. I mean, I get that they're doing it, but it looks so different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But understand. But are some people really, I mean, come on. Are, okay. Some people are not doing that. Yeah. So it's not that they're all. I got to just say. <laughs> it's not that they're not. It's not that they are doing the process, but they're all, everybody is experiencing discomfort and dissatisfaction. Okay. So rather somebody chooses to view it through that lens is, is irrelevant. What you're saying is that it just doesn't even matter how they're, what they're doing with it. Everyone is doing, is going through it. And we look at people saying, oh, look at, they've got it all together. No girl. Oh yeah. I don't do that anymore. I'm like, I got that for sure. Yeah. I, here's a really good example. Uh, you and I, a while ago, I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to. I'm very scared for what's about to come out of I your mouth wanna, right now. I don't want to put anyone on blast, okay. but there is a very famous um, spiritual teacher. Let's say spiritual is probably emotional okay. teacher. And you've actually hired her to come to your company. Okay. And I was so excited to go and see her live. And. When I got there, it was great. Everything was wonderful. And then something happened during the session where she had a glitch in her computer that she was using to help her. And 
her husband was over on the side doing the computer. This was stuff. not at my event. This was at a no, different event. Different event. Okay. And I was like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. And I, she got so snippy with him in front of hundreds of people, hundreds of people. She made a snippy, angry, frustrated remark to him. And I went, Oh my God, you're just a human. You are, you are a normal person and you write books and talk as if you are elevated above it all and you aren't. And it made me feel that it was all a show. She doesn't approach it as I'm just struggling through this. She approaches it from I've learned it all. This is the lesson that I learned and this is how progressed I am. And this is what I understood. And look you know at what, all these I, amazing you know interesting things though about her. She does it in a way that I haven't seen before. Does what? What you're talking about. Because I have definitely, I know the arrogance that you speak of when people feel like they're enlightened. There's an element of her that I can't wrap my mind around where she is. I, where she, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, I know what you're saying. And, and the thing, this is, this is my issue with it. And it took me a while to come to this conclusion. It, a was a lesson for me and exactly what they're talking about. We're all, we're all dealing with it. Nobody's free. That's if you're on this planet, you're not free from dissatisfaction. You're not free for, from frustration. You're not free from those things. We're all, it's all a continuous journey. I don't care how enlightened you are. You still have a human mind. You still are having a human experience, right? And I think that she is closer to moving into these sort of enlightened states. I hate all the lingo, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, and you are using your moments of enlightenment to sell a lot of stuff. Do you think she really makes a lot of money though? Yes. Do you? Yes. Okay. I'll, that'll be my next journey that I'll unravel. <laughs> <laughs> you investigate that. And no, I think that she's doing very well. And I, um, I didn't know. Yeah, I think she is anyway. Um, but this is my point is that you look, I look at these guru, which is, you know, my guides always talk about, not always, my guides have talked to me about gurus before about how, you know, when you look at someone who's a quote unquote guru and it's not about you listen to their message and listen to the things they're saying, but it's not about thinking that this person has it figured out. I have never, that has never sat with me. And just in like a little bit of like personal disclosure, I guess a, a lot has come up for me lately around power. And uh, my husband and I used to do this dance uh, that we're unraveling right now. And the dance looked like this. He had um, a deep need for validation. It's not coincidental that he had certain financial goals <laughs> and success <laughs> metrics and a deep insecurity to a point where I could have showed up in any way. And literally he would never leave me ever. And so that gave me a lot of power. Now I didn't know that, but I had power and I use that power when I look back in a way that almost could be justified as um, meaningful. 
And even in that, so I'll, I'll actually, I'll say what it was is I would make these observations about him that I did not feel okay with. Like, oh, that's a lot of drinking that's happening. Like right. not really okay with that. Or, um, you know, you're missing out on our child's, you know, formative years because you're working a hundred hours a week. Like I'm not okay with that. Or, um, you're not really diving into more, like the, the business that you're in is not really like something that feels meaningful to me. So I was kind of re I was like, I was like guiding in a way sort of like these things that I felt were really important to me. And he would put up a fight, but then he would eventually like realize, then I would use the leverage of the relationship so that I used my power. And when I look back, people can be like, well, look, he stopped drinking. He has more work-life balance. He he's reached. And I'm like, well, first of all, he never reached those things authentically. So it actually broke my trust with him over time. So even though it looks good on paper, it actually didn't do anything for me. Actually broke my trust because I'm like, is this who you really are? Are you just doing it because, but I was in it and couldn't even see it. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this cycle. And I said to him, I can look back and see what power I had over you. And thank God. I mean, I guess it was used for that and not something like mentally abusive or something. But even in the context of that, I'm disgusted with that feeling. I want no power over anyone. And I can't unsee it now, even though it was quote unquote by our society used as good. I don't want to do that, play that role for you ever again. And that is what happens in the, with the guru situation for me is that the power, that's, it's a position of power. And to me, I cannot resonate with that anymore. Like what, and maybe this will be another topic for another time with your guys, but like what, I know that's a really human condition thing to be like, I have power and there can be people like, no, I'm doing this for the good. And it's like, how do you decipher the good from the power and the, but I think that's what it is about the guru thing that has never sat with me is like, even if you're using your power for quote unquote good, like I have, I have so much, so many questions about that. Cause like I arguably was using my control and power over him for meaningful things. Right. He doesn't drink anymore. He's running a mission based company. He's, he's not a workaholic. He's like spending time with his children. But even that, when I look back, I'm like, ew, like, I don't want to ever be that person. So I, maybe we'll do that one day because I'm so curious about it. Like yeah. I, I don't understand it all the way. I'm dissecting it myself. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good uh, that's a good topic. Power is a good topic, um, but I think the idea of guru guruisms in this sort of spiritual realm is a thing, and it's oh, it's definitely a thing. And there's a that that idea of absolute power corrupts absolutely, and I think that there's no way to separate humanness from that corruption of power, abuse of power. It's very, very difficult. And um, the other, quickly while we're on the topic so I don't forget it, uh, the other thing they talk about gurus is if you, I know that in the six years that I've been doing this, six, seven years that I've been doing this, I have completely changed what I do and how I do it. It's just constantly changing. The information I get as I learn more things, different information comes through. It's like an evolution of understanding. And uh, what they talk about is if you're dealing with a guru over time and they don't change what they do and they don't change our message and they don't change what's happening, there's, there's an issue there. They're not saying they're false. They're not saying that they're wrong. They're just saying, just like you grow and mature, like your energetic spiritual understanding grows and matures and it will necessarily change. It's fascinating to me. So 
anyway, guruism is, is a thing that they warn people about. And that, I mean, it's, it, it's a thing that I think part of the, why I talk about my struggle with understanding so much. And I talk about my understanding, my human experience. And I want everyone to know that I in no way think that I am the end all be all of anything. I don't, I don't think that I, have, I mean, have an exclusive power or that I have an exclusive ability or that I am absolute truth. I don't think that about me. I at all. And that I, that's why I keep pointing out like the mistakes that I made, why the troubles I have in my life, you know, the things that I'm doing wrong, because I don't want anyone to mistake me for thinking that I have this all figured out. Like I well, have an do you understanding think that it's because people want another person to feel like if I'm doing something that you're not, you will look to me. And when you look to me, it's validating. I have power over you and I have the validation that I need. And they think that the only way that they can get that connection with you is through that way. Because if I tell you that I'm a human and I'm snapping at my partner, or I'm doing this, you won't, you won't, um, you won't believe what I'm saying. And it, I actually maybe. think the opposite is true. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I think we have all of these beliefs that we need to understand better and deconstruct. Well, like, yeah, and I think it's attractive, you know, when people tell a story like that guru we were talking about before, and then I completely changed my life and everything got different and all of my relationships changed and people started, uh, while I believe that's part of it, that's not the whole story. And I'm more interested in the struggle between 3D contrast mind and- Well, that's and, actually what creates the more connection with others and is because, because we're all going through that and exactly. me. You know what, actually somebody said, oh God, who said this to me recently, but it really made me think. Anytime someone makes you believe that they're special in some way, red flag. Red flag. Like we're all humans. Mm -hmm. Like this whole, like I'm special. That is a red flag to me. I, I don't know why. I just, I just, it doesn't sit with me. We all have unique things about us that make us who we are. And I'm not saying that the human experience or human beings aren't special people or individuals or souls, but I'm saying that there's not one that's more special than the other. And that's what I'm talking about is that mentality of I'm more special than you or yes. I'm more unique than you is a big, big, big red flag. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I just don't, that's, I think that's partly some of the, some of the issue some I reason, have. As human beings, we want that. It, it's some we want to feel like we're not like anybody else. Yeah. And it was, it was always uncomfortable for me when I started first starting this, doing this work and I was working with a group, group of friends and it became, I felt me, this is my experience with it was, you know, more people were coming to hear me channel and more people were coming to get a reading for me. And, and I felt like it became my responsibility. And I, that felt really, I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't like feeling special in that way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I liked helping people and I liked, um, I liked doing it because it, it was such a novelty to me. And like, it made me feel good that I could make this connection and do this thing. But it just felt like people were grabbing at me and I didn't want to feel grabbed at. Like I, uh, I'm just a normal person. I really believe that. I mean, do I think I have incredible style? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you ever want to be in public with me. Cause I'm like not on that page, but no, I, I hear you. I just, it, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are special people. I don't, I don't know, but 
I've n- it's never sat right with me. Yeah. I, to- I totally hear that. And, and I- the minute I saw that cycle that I could then understand power in, I was like, who, I don't want that power. I don't want that power over you. Absolutely not. I don't, even if that is quote unquote for good, I don't. And that's what I've told him recently. I have no interest of having that power and, over you. And it's funny too, because I, uh, I, I believe a lot like you it's, I struggle with that power being a parent, especially with older children who, you know, I can sort of, I think unconsciously I wield that parental power over them. Um, and I think that's my biggest struggle with my children as they get older, but, uh, being in, I can just talk about it from a healthcare perspective. Uh, I am the most senior clinician in my practice. I have learned a lot of techniques that I find fascinating. And I, and I, I am like a hundred percent sure of myself in the clinical setting. I'm not sure of myself in any way in other as any aspect of my life other than when I'm in that clinic and you come to me and say, I have, I have a problem. This is where my pain is. This is where my shoulder hurts, my back, whatever. I feel a hundred percent certain in my clinical abilities. And, and I don't, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm unique. It's because I learned techniques that other people have taught me. Mm-hmm. And, but in that relationship, when someone comes to me in pain, they give me a power. Mm-hmm, they do. And I don't acknowledge that power. I don't, take that power. I just am 100% authentically myself. I joke with them. I, I don't think that I'm special in that way that they think I'm special. I don't think that I am. Um, it, but some people do not want that. They don't understand that. Um, it's, it's just, just an interesting dynamic. People give me power when I, that I don't want. I also wonder if I'm a little allergic to it because I feel like being a female and growing up in a very religious environment, I know the feeling of someone wanting my power mm-hmm. and taking it and running with it. And that I'm like on like in a way like sensitive, like sensitive to that. Like, no, 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 don't, don't you're taking it. And I don't really want to give it to you. And why am I giving, I don't understand it. Right. And so I don't want to do that to anybody. Right. And I'm really glad I sat with that, to be honest with you, because I've gotten a lot of praise for, wow, you and your partner have really worked through a lot. You really, you really like, you know, stuck with your boundaries and, and really challenged his, his way of doing things. And look at how great it is now that he's not doing those things anymore. And I'm like, don't, let's not talk about this. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a, that's a big thing to understand. It's a big thing to understand. It's fascinating. Okay, so let's see. This is the longest, I know, most <laughs> tangent podcast we've ever done. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Um, we hope that this creates an understanding in you that lessens the focus on others and creates the need to focus the process on yourself and your inner working and understandings and likewise understand the journeys and experience of others that are being asked to do the same. Now that your understanding is aligned, let us speak to you of practice. We ask that you practice awareness. Are you aware of how you are feeling? Are you aware of when something is creating dis-ease within you? Can you slow down enough in your mind to recognize the disharmonious feelings that come up? Are you able to contrast this emotional flare-up with the expansive peace and stability that you feel when connecting to your soul? These are the two things that will create the baseline of your practice toward change and ease. It is important to recognize that both of these practices are merely awareness and happen inside of your head. They do not require extensive time to get the effect. 
you are invited to spend as much time as you like, and the more familiar you are with the feeling of your soul, the easier it is to create the recognition of the altered feeling or contrasting feeling. But once you are familiar and can hold that feeling in your awareness, referring to it takes only seconds. Can you remember this feeling while driving to work, in the shower, on the computer at work? It takes no more time than that, and the frequency of visiting to your soul will have the greatest impact on your awareness of it. Mm, so it's those little moments where you're like feeling, oh, I'm touched. I, I did almost said it again. Um, <laughs> where you're just like touching your soul. Yeah. There's like little essences, those little moments. And the it's more, like the practice of that. The practice of feeling that. Mm. And if you want to spend 15 minutes doing it, you wake up, you've got time, you spend that time practicing it, and then you remember the feeling. You mm. don't have to spend the 15, 20, 30 minutes doing it. It's not a mental thing. You remember the feeling of it. Okay. And so then when you're doing, driving to work, go, oh, yeah, there it is. Because that awareness of that connection is going to make you more aware of all the times you don't feel it. Yes, the contrast. Right. In the same way, we encourage you to examine and become aware of your feelings. This review of your day or encounters that have created a contrast-based feeling should be reviewed in connection and contrast to your soul feeling. Can you explore how you would have reacted if you were connected to your soul in that same interaction? How does that experience feel different? Does it feel as important and urgent? Does it feel as threatening? We do not even need for you to draw perfect conclusions about why you reacted the way you did. But can you recognize the difference in your reaction when not connected to your soul and the feeling of when you are? These are mind games that take place solely in your head. They take seconds. This is a small and easy step, but frequent practice allows more easy access to it. Connection to your soul is a joyous, easy practice and is not a burden that requires hours of work. And we want you to understand that this connection is available right now as you listen, as you work, as you play. We are never away from you. You cannot make a mistake. Wow. That's a very different approach than get your meditation in and make sure you're checking this box and da, da, da. I'm not, again, meditation is great. Yeah. But that is a very different practice. Yeah. And that's actually liberating in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think that, that their main point of saying that everybody's going through their own issues of dissatisfaction. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Uh, and this doesn't take a lot of work. And you have that ability inside of you is to say, stop freaking out. Everybody's going through it. Everybody's trying. And it doesn't have to take a lot of work. Still live your life. But if you can remember what it feels like to encounter the ease and balance and neutrality of connecting to your soul. And imagine what having the same encounters in your life during your day would feel different from coming from that space, coming from that space. They're not saying that you are doing anything wrong. They're not saying you're terrible. It's simply everybody's got problems and just imagine what it would be like if it felt different. Mm. And how can it feel different? And if you can recognize that difference, you can more easily bring that difference to your day and to your encounters. It, it's not, it's not, you know, self-flagellation. It's not punishment. It's not reconciliation of like, it's just, you're a human and everybody's doing it. And 
It doesn't have to be hard. It's that was a fascinating one. We went on a big journey yes. with it, but I think a necessary journey. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's it's very it's a very interesting topic. This topic that they have. Uh, I was surprised by it when you texted me the topic. Yeah, well, they're always surprising, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> You're all, I'm surprised too. What's crazy too is when I look back at the sequence with which they asked me to do the topics, mm. they all build on each other. Crazy. And I, it's, it's crazy. So anyway, I hope you all enjoy your practice. I hope you can practice. I want to hear stories of your practice. I want to hear um, how easy it is, how difficult it is. What's a challenge for you? Uh, let us know. James at the spiritedbody.com. Katie Peachbottom at the <laughs> That's not my, I'm not claiming that last name yet. I'll let you guys know. But uh, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. I hope you guys have a great uh, week uh, and uh, hang in there. Enjoy Take your experience on the planet. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye.